0: Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. This month, we will be doing an Oscar-themed podcast where we will be talking about a few best picture winners from different decades. Today, we will be starting off with It Happened One Night from 1934, starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert, and with me virtually is my good friend, Lynn. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you for having me on your podcast again. Of course. So, for those of you who haven't seen this film, It Happened One Night follows a rich heiress named Ellie Andrews, played by Claudette Colbert, who runs away because she doesn't want to marry the man her father has arranged her with, and she meets the ambitious reporter Peter Warren, played by Clark Gable, on her way to New York. You can probably guess what's going to happen before the film ends, but back in the day, this was the first ever romantic comedy movie and started off the screwball comedy genre, which was popular from 1934 until 1942. The screwball comedy was basically fast-talking, witty dialogue between a man and a woman who had great chemistry and were obviously attracted to one another. Think When Harry Met Sally or The Philadelphia Story. So, Lynn, what do we think of Frank Capra's It Happened One Night?
1: Well, um, yeah, I think the most important thing before we start is that uh, we need to keep in mind that this movie was set in a very different time in America. So there are a lot of um, issues uh, with the movie if they were made today, right? Uh, But that aside, I I really enjoyed the movie, and I could see how it uh, defined the rom-com Uh, genre and inspired a lot of, um, you know, iconic scenes for today's movies. What, What about
0: you, Emma? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we have to watch this in context of when it was made. And yeah, there's a lot of like sexism that occurs in this movie and it's completely whitewashed. But, you know, this was very, very early on. In Hollywood, it was just after the talkies kind of came about, you know, silent movies. And then now we're starting this is the oldest movie we've ever done on this podcast as well. Um, But it's interesting that it was the first one and we kind of owe it to, you know, every other romantic comedy that's followed. Um, because of it happened one night, which is super cool. It was really interesting. I'm so not used to watching black and white films as well. And sometimes the lighting was very off. And like you said before this podcast, there was a couple scenes that were a bit abrupt with the editing. But that's because in those days, they were literally cutting the film reels, like with a scissor. (laughs) It's just insane. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Okay, did you want to say something? I just wanted to say... um, It's funny how watching this, I was like, wow, look at all these cliches with, you know, the woman's falling on the guy and, you know, the meet cute and all these things, like especially when she's, you know, wiping um, his wound off of his forehead. And I was like, oh, what a cliche, a woman helping a man. Um, But in those days, that was fresh and new. And every other movie has basically copied this.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, well, for, yeah, for, for sure. I feel like the story is one that we've seen many times before. Um, so, yeah, so for me, like, like the strongest points of the movie were the character arts uh, led by the two main characters in the movie, uh, Peter and and Ellen. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, like, I mean, you know, when, when we start off the movie, uh, Ellen was a um, very, like, rich, spoiled, um, like, uh, heiress to her wealthy dad. And, and yeah, and, like, while, you know, at first we thought that she was going to be, like, a strong female lead, uh, we soon, you know, learned that she had a lot of flaws. Like, she doesn't know how to really, you know, survive in the real world. And then she met um, Peter, uh, who is, like, I think a struggling muse. He's a journalist, yeah. Yes, and then... um, Yeah, and and then, like, you know, he uh, taught her how to, you know, like, maneuver her way around, you know, like, the real world in in order to get to, like, New New York. And, um, yeah, and then, yeah, so she, you know, like, uh, she really grew throughout the entire movie. And same with Peter as well, because, you know, like, Peter was, I guess, prejudiced against, um, like, Ellen and her dad. And like how how rich they are, but like eventually, you know, he he learned that like two people from like different classes can like still fall in love and like have a happy ending, right? Which is cute, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and this and this is during a time when class system is still very much prevalent. I mean, if you went traveled, you know, on a boat, there was still first, second, third classes. Uh, it was a huge deal. Um, like knowing people out of your class. And, you know, marrying someone out of your class was, you know, insane. You did not do that. So I think that that was really interesting to see as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, when I was younger, I watched the movie Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. And that movie completely copied this, like, a lot of it. I mean, in that one, she's a princess, and he's also a journalist. And, you know, she spends some days with him... um, but this one is very very similar and i thought that even back in the 50s they were copying you know movies from the 30s this isn't really a new thing that we've just started doing now where we copy movies
1: yeah well yeah um yeah i've i've read online that like uh, and like a lot of people say that like uh, it happened one night was the movie that like defined screwball comedy and therefore it ins- yeah. it inspired um, you know, it inspired the roman holiday and and some scenes like uh like in modern movies nowadays, like sex and the city, like you can see reference yeah. to it happen in like it uh it happened one night, which is super interesting yeah
0: yeah i I totally agree with you. I thought their character growths were really good, and because there were so few characters in this movie, I thought it was a good amount of time we had with them and got to know them sometimes I found the pacing to be a bit slow though uh, yeah yeah, for sure. some really weird characters mixed in there like the singing car driver and other things and I was like what is going on right
1: now well yeah but like I see I feel like it's thanks to those scenes that like it makes the movie very like enjoyable like, it is a feel-good movie I would say like you know it has a lot of fluff and like a lot of romantic and comedy uh, um elements to it and like i i i could see how like when it was released like it became like an enjoyable experience for like a lot of people right yeah yeah so uh what did you think about um the main uh the main fee- uh, female character like do do you feel like you could relate to her like you know being uh, female and but like born into a different generation
0: yeah it was it was a bit hard at the beginning. I mean, just the way she looks, you know, the thin eyebrows, all that eyeshadow, the the strange hats she wore. Um, she's very dated looking. But I thought she was relatable, um, you know, in her dialogue scenes. I like when she says to him because she's from an ri- aristocrat family, she says, you know, I've always been told what to do and how to do it. This is the first time I've ever been alone with a man. And I thought those were really interesting. Um, I really like the scene where she's trying to learn how to dunk a donut and he's trying to teach her. <laughs> those were really funny when she was acting her most human. Um, at the beginning, I just thought she was very spoiled. She was very aloof. She didn't even know that her suitcase was stolen because she'd never traveled alone. Um, I think those are things some people can relate to, too, the first time traveling. Except she also has that air to her where she expects people to help her at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I found her to more, be more relatable near the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, like, um, she, she she struck me as a very interesting char- character because, like, g- given the time that this movie was made in, like, I, I wonder if, like, before this movie, there was, like, a strong female lead. Because, like... I, this is the like I think the oldest movie I've watched, um, yeah. with like you know like a, a, like a strong, a strong female lead. Like yes, she has her flaws, but I I feel like it's you know it's possible that uh, she inspired the future you know strong sassy female characters of like yes. our generation. You know.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I bet you know even Catherine Hepburn copied Claudette Colbert, and then you know after that 1950s doris day you know um there the the 70s was the time where women were the most poorly shown in in hollywood there there weren't that many great female-led films um the 80s was also a very bad time for women and then the 90s kind of took off with you know kate winslet in titanic and um you know these other great great films and uh, showing women in a comedic role like cameron diaz um, so it definitely, I think it definitely inspired, you know, the women in the 90s. Yeah.
1: And what do you think about the male lead, Peter?
0: Yeah, he, <laughs> I, I didn't mind him in this. You know, I always think of Clark Gable as being this, you know, gone with the wind character. And it was nice to see him, you know, pre-gone with the wind. Uh, this is the only other movie I've seen him in. So I, I liked it. I liked how I thought he was funny. Uh, I thought they had great chemistry. Uh, I like that he wasn't too arrogant. He was just a tad. Um, I don't know. I thought it worked well together, both of them. yeah so do you think if
1: you were on a bus with uh with Peter, would you have fallen in love with him as well or
0: probably not. <laughs> The thin mustache doesn't really do it for me, oh yeah, talking about the, <laughs> the greasy hair yes yes and and talking Gild. about the, talking about that
1: iconic look like did you realize that her uh husband before Peter, I think his name was um King yeah. yeah like did like did you realize that King Wesley looked more or less just like Peter?
0: yeah, I know was this some you know popular trend of like the greasy hair and then the thin Pubescent mustache. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, what did you think of him?
1: Well, yeah, he's uh, de- definitely like he has some of like the best uh, dialogue. Like, yeah, a-, a lot of times like he made me like laugh. Um, yeah, and there's uh, he, you, you know, like he does seem like the more mature one at first in 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 the relationship, and he was yeah. really like patient with her, uh, which is you know. And and he like embodied the gentleman character more or less in the movie, right? Because like a lot of men around her weren't really like gentlemanly toward towards her. You you yeah. you know like we had her dad, which you know he he also had like a kind of a character arc of of his own. But like um, at the beginning, you know like his like her her dad like slap her, right? So yeah, and and then it's like. And then on the bus, you know, she got hit on by like a complete creep, um, and yeah. So like it, it just showed that you know the men around her seems to like think that like they own her and they control her, and 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 Peter, in a way, he was trying to like control her, yes. But then he was more or less just you know trying to take care of her to his best um, effort, right? And yeah. and yeah, and like in in the end, like he, um, like he just let her shine, and then, um, like, like he, he he showed that he, he really does care for her and really love her, and, oh, my God, like, that scene where, like, he went to grab the money to propose to her and came back oh. and saw her gone, like, like, I actually felt so bad for him.
0: I know. Yeah, I think you're touching on a good point, it is um, Peter treats her with respect and doesn't treat her as unequal and 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 treats doesn't treat her as an object whereas the other people around her always see as being you know someone who needs to be talked down to he needs to be patronized um you know it's really nice to see that he treats her like an uh, equal and um you know it's kind of around that time where women were seen as hysterical if they ever said something you know or rebelled against something or if they you know did anything? If they cried, they were seen as hysterical, and I mean, what an awful time to be alive as a woman. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and and like, cool. like if if you watch the movie, like you'll see that um, like Peter was very patient with her in the beginning. Like I I feel like she does drive her like she does drive him up the wall like close to the end. But I think like it's kind of like understandable cuz like you know he he like completely abandoned his bus to like help her right so mm-hmm. yeah but then and but then eventually you know the tables turn and then um she started caring more for him as as well as you know like he kind of drifted further o- away from her and yes yeah and and yeah like the chem- the chemistry between the two main leads is definitely like the selling point of the movie like the back and forth and like you know like like the the passive aggressive like flirt flirtation between them. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's funny. It's like they're acting, and this is what a famous part of these screwball comedies is: they're acting like they don't want to be around each other, so they're flirting, but they're also kind of nasty to one another, which means that they like each other. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a classic in these movies. It's something that. They always like Pride and Prejudice, you know. They like this the wittiness of it, the you know fast talking man, that the witty woman uh, playing off each other is really interesting, and it's really cool to be able to watch the first time this was done on screen. I mean, it might have been done in plays, but the first time actually on a movie is is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yes, she was totally um, spoiled and and really ungrateful i thought towards peter at the beginning of the movie and then she gets a, a bit better but i wanted to talk about how racy this film was for 1934 mm-hmm. yeah do you have any thoughts about the raciness of it yeah for
1: sure so um i don't know if uh if if, if you were going to bring this up but then um yeah. like there there was a fun fact that like i i read up like and then apparently, you know that scene where like he takes off his shirt in front of her for like the first yes. time. So apparently, after that scene, like men stop wearing undershirt to try and. <laughs> I <read him>. that. <laughs> That's hilarious. so weird. I know, but but yeah, like he's um he's definitely like I would say I think uh, his name is Clark Gables. Yeah. yeah. Like his face is definitely like the iconic like gentleman like um like look like he's kind of like the Tom Cruise of like the 40s I was say yes. because of his role in Gone with the Wind right like he he was like everyone were like you know like he like he he was the man you know
0: yeah I think he was the first um and he was just before Cary Grant the first sex figure yes for yes. A, a male yes, yeah I, I, yeah exactly so it wasn't <laughs> Charlie Chaplin <laughs> You yeah, no no it wasn't yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting that you point that out, that it was the first kind of male sex figure yeah. and, uh, Claudette Colbert, I don't think she got up to that standard. Definitely Vivian Lee, who was in Gone with the Wind with him was pretty big. Um, in the thirties it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite familiar with all the actresses in the thirties, but definitely like in the fifties, it would have been Marilyn Monroe. I think she's the only one that really came close to that, that sex figure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was really shocked by, and I, I want to get into how this is a pre-code film and what that all means in a little bit, but I was surprised for 1934 how they were able to, you know, show two unmarried people, a man and a woman, you know, in a motel together, sleeping, you know, in the same room together. Well, actually... And, and it was um, really interesting. She she was married,
1: for, remember?
0: Right, that's true. She was... Yeah. <laughs> <But That's>, that <laughs> I meant like they were not married racier. to each other. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, like, yes. that makes it even racier, That right? is very
0: true, yes, because she did elope at the... We don't see it, but it was mentioned at the beginning of the movie. So the fact that she was married and but not to him, and they were spending, you know, their days and nights together is insane, and, like, the implications that were made, you know, how they got away without saying certain words like sex and other things was really, really um, smart as well and and funny. Uh, but yeah him being shirtless on screen that was the first time that had ever happened um and and showing them you know together insane yes yeah.
1: yeah well yeah but like you know like some parts of the movie like did make me feel kind of iffy about it like um I like I don't know if I'm reading too much in into it, but like it does seem like you know they were blaming um Ellie for the fact that you know like she you know she is like being unfaithful to her husband mm. right but but like it's it's not really the case like you know she's young and then she's like na- naive she married to a guy that she thought you know like she she loved until she discovered what love re- really is right which is you know yeah. being with somebody who is there for you like no matter no matter how hard it uh, no matter how how hard it gets and, and and like yeah do do you remember that scene where like they were like I think they, they were sleeping on, like, stacks of hay. Yeah. yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, well, okay, she, she said that, um, you know, like, like, she keeps on saying that she's hungry. He's getting annoyed at her. And, like, she pretends to go to sleep, and then he goes to find food for her. And then she's, you know, she's talking, and then she's saying, like, you know what, you can leave if you want to. And then she turns around. She doesn't find him. She freaks yeah. out. She's, like, yelling his name. He comes yeah. running back. And then he's like, "Well, I, well, I, I want to grab you some food." And then she's like, "Well, I'm not, hu- I'm not hungry a- anymore." And and uh, and then he's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Oh, like, you know, I'm so scared that it scared the hunger away. Like, like it's it's so cute. Like, you know, like I think like for yeah. the first time she discovered what it's like to like you know potentially lose someone that she cares about, right?"
0: Yeah, and also. You know, of course that's true, but also be in a place where she'd be all alone, unsafe for a single woman, and, and not know what to do. I mean, she's always relied on people. So that was the first time we actually saw her alone, too, which was really interesting. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really well done scene. Again, you know, very classic when someone's talking, the other person leaves, the other person thinks they're still in the room while they're talking. But again, this was the first time that was probably all done. And I thought it was a really well-done well scene, choreographed scene. Yeah. Um, but again, it's sad to think that, you know, after, what is this, like, almost a 90-year-old film, that a lot of the time in films and in society today, it's always the woman's fault for things. You know, the woman did this, she cheated, she drank too much alcohol. And it's really sad that after all this time, that still is very, very true and real. And I guess we can relate in some way to her in those times. Yeah,
1: you know, but but you know, like we we do see a, a lot of char- characters like that, um, like now nowadays. But like, I I think like it's thanks to her character that like you know really paved the path for like better writ written stories to really show yeah. that you know like the 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 women can you know. Um, be in charge with without being looked down uh, upon right so so yeah like you like yes it's it's not polished it's not a perfect like um, story but it did start you know like sort of a movement right
0: yes yeah I totally agree it was the first um, real well there was women's movements beforehand but it was the first time it was shown on screen which is also really interesting um, and it's directed by a male, which is also interesting that he was able to, you know, make it in a way that women could relate to. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, but uh, other than her, was there any like major female character in the movie?
0: I don't think so. Yeah, there, no.
1: There was like a Peter's like boss assistant, but like she was very minor, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Was she, was um, Ellie, Ellie an only child? Um, I think so, and like it, yeah. it does show,
1: like you know, like um, she is privileged. That's how you know she's able to like have her personality in a society mm-hmm. that you know w- that you know w- women did not have a lot of power in, right? So yeah, like yes. just just like you said earlier, like this this movie, you know, like it's it's almost like a satire because I like, guess like on on the surface it's it is a rom com, but it does still show you. Like the problems with like classism and like, and even racism. It's like like yeah. in, in, like in some scenes.
0: Like well, that. even like because she's kind of an aristocrat, like the maybe just below you know the Crawley sisters in Downton Abbey, and how much power those three women had. But it was only due because they were so rich and a wealthy family. But if anything ever happened to one of them, the scandal would not just hurt them, but hurt the entire family and that's very similar here with with the papers and everything
1: yeah yeah but i I love like her how her dad was like so chill uh with 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 her near the end and like he he was just like throwing money like left and right trying to find her and like trying to get rid of of, like her her husband at the time like here you want a hundred thousand like that's cheaper than having my daughter marry you for the rest (laughs) of her life like that's so funny
0: yeah. I loved, you know, well, we can talk about it later. But the whole ending of like the wedding scene when you know he walks her down the aisle and, and make, lets her make a choice and says like I don't want to marry I don't want you to marry somebody you don't want to marry mm-hmm. and it was just it was really nice to see that father and daughter bond compared to the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie where he literally hits her.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, it's also cool, you know, how this was one of the first movies that invented the app meet cute. And that's also another thing that's been done so many times. But when they meet on the bus and she falls on his lap, it's really cute. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is there something you want? Did you want? Did you have a favorite scene in the movie that you would want to talk about?
1: Yeah. So I was actually really surprised because, like, when I first got into the movie, like, um, especially because of like you know some like. Uh, Ra- ra- racist and like cl- uh, just just like you know like very mi- minor details about the movie that like made me um, uncomfortable. Like I really thought that I would not enjoy the movie. Yeah. But but then like yeah like there's just like again like the chem- chemistry between the two leads like it's it's like it's great. It's like a like it will really like hook hook you in, and yeah. But like in terms of favorite scenes, it's probably just the scenes with like like the scenes whenever like the two leads are together um yeah. well okay there is an iconic scene from the movie which is like the hitch high king scene where yeah. where like for the first yes. time peter doesn't know what to do and then, i know yeah and then <laughs> and then ellen is the one who comes to the rescue the rescue you, you, yeah you, you know like that like throws the whole trope of like the guy coming in to rescue the girl like on its head
0: right Yes, I thought that was so brilliant for the time and, and for those of you that don't know it, basically, uh, Peter and Ellie are, are wanting to hitchhike and they're waiting for a car to come and they're and Clark Gable or Peter acts super like nonchalant, super like, I have done this all the time. I know how to get people. I just show them my charming smile, I um show my thumb and then I kind of like move my you can't see me what I'm doing right now, but you kind of like move your arm backward, being like, I kind of want to ride. And he tries many, many times, and cars keep passing by, and and she's sitting there laughing. And then she's like, well, can I give it a shot? And he's kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, you try. And she does it, and instantly, you know, she shows the car driver her leg. And he's, you know, again, very sexist. And then he, like, stops right away, and, and they uh get into a car and they they've succeeded for the time being then other things occur but uh, I thought it's really interesting how she uh you know beat him out of that and how the rules reversed although in order for her to do that she still kind of had to make herself as an object which kind of sucks
1: yeah but yeah true but like at um I, I I think like it does show that she has some wit around her yes like like yes like it's it's a really sad reality where where you know some women just have to accept um like ex- like accept their role in in society which which is wrong but um yeah. but yeah but uh, but ellen like uh she um, like she understands that like it it's it's sort of like she um she thinks that like men are so shallow and dumb <laughs> that that they're going to fall for that and and which the guy did which is you know kind of funny yeah, <laughs> in because like cause, like ima- imagine you know like a movie that you know, kind of makes fun of men in 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 a way right like I yeah like, like I I don't think that would have gone well with some men back back in those days, which which is very you know I guess mo- modern right
0: no. yeah really and like again like even though she does objectify herself she's doing it on her terms which I found was really interesting as well yeah. I, know. Um, I I wanted to just quickly mention what the production code is. And this movie was made before the production code. So it's called um, from the 20s or from the when the silent movies ended around 1927 to 1934 was the pre-code era where there were many racy films. And, you know, they talked about abortion. They talked about single women. They talked about all these things, which I never even knew about but I learned it in one of my classes and it's just really amazing to see how they got away with showing all this stuff on screen, talking about sex. Um, and then this movie came out just before the production code came into effect, which lasted from 1934 until 1966. And it was basically the Catholic church, um, made the Hollywood studios create a censorship Um, And it became the Hayes Code, which is otherwise known as the the production code, and that meant that movies were not allowed to even imply or show or say the word sex, um, abortion, show drugs or a drug addict, uh, have any character that was a prostitute, show any signs of homosexuality, crime violence, um, no nudity, no mixed relations or interracial kisses, Um, nothing about a birth control, and they weren't even allowed for a lot of the time to show single women. Uh, There are a few films that kind of maneuvered and got away with out the production code. I wrote them down. That is Rebel Without a Cause from 1955, which is the big James Dean movie. Uh, Some Like It Hot from 1959, which showed men in drag, and then Psycho, uh, Hitchcock's famous movie, got away with showing a woman get murdered. Um, I do not know how they got away with those three films, but after 1966, the production code was dissolved, and um, women were able to be more into movies again. There was a huge amount, apparently, of female directors and female writers before the code, Um, and it's just amazing how many women were able to direct And then during the Code Era and even after it, not until like the late 80s, early 90s, did women start getting a role in film again, actually being writers and directors. Uh, And it's really sad that how many years they lost out of doing that, how many movies we could have had that had these strong female women um, working behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's, wow, Like I didn't know about this thing, thanks for telling me, but yeah, like, it's, that's, that's really upsetting. Yeah, most people
0: don't know, so I thought, I gotta mention it on here, because this movie got away with so much, and it was the last pre-code movie to come out, so it was almost not gonna come out as well, so it's really interesting how all these famous actors that we think of, like Cary Grant, um, Catherine Hepburn, you know, Jimmy Stewart, they were all molded to fit... The code era, so they were given you know people to date um, Rock Hudson is a famous one who was a uh, closet homosexual and he was forced to marry women by the studio because of the production code Holy and smoke. it's just really sad Wow, that's
1: actually insane like I yeah. wow <laughs> yeah yeah, but but you know what I I'm willing to bet actual money that some Catholic women still went to see it happen one night, and they probably dreamt uh, like of about Clark uh, Clark Gables. So yeah, you know,
0: yeah. Um, but again, you know, there were some good things that that did come out of the code, uh, some good movies as well. But it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened if there was never a code era. Uh, now, you know, there's nothing at all. And it's like super extreme with a lot of the violent movies <laughs> and, and a lot of, of scenes that I'm like, I don't always want to watch those movies, but you know, there, I think there always has to be a bit of a balance. I wanted to just go back for a moment because, um, I, we talked about the scene where, you know, the famous scene where they're trying to get a ride, but my favorite scene was actually when, when they're in the motel room and, and her father has hires all these detectives and police officers to look for for his daughter and they kind of pretend and they fool the police officers and pretend to be like a fighting married couple and they fake their accents and you know she tries to change her hair which i don't think she looks any different than in her picture um and i thought it was a really good comedic scene for the two of them
1: yeah 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 exactly like like i i love how like he was trying to like mess her hair up but then her face looks exactly the same that
0: it's exactly that and also
1: how does her makeup (laughs) stay on or, like, yeah. the entire movie. Like, I find that the most unbelievable, like, thing Gosh. about the entire movie. Like,
0: it's, like, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I liked it. I thought it was, they had great timing. I, I liked how she would, like, be wailing, and then right when they left, you know, she'd be, like, laughing. <laughs> like, maybe hold it together a little bit longer in case they come back. But I thought it was really funny. But, yeah, she, I mean, she would literally, like, wears the same outfit the entire time. Does she never, like, have to wash or anything? yeah you know has to redo her makeup the amount of you know eyebrow plucking these women did back in the 30s is really scary yeah yeah
1: and yeah and and like more and more about your favorite scene like you you know like um yeah like they you know they they stopped like fooling around when when like the detective left and then like you know peter was like super impressed by like um by ellie's like in uh improv skills yeah yeah Yeah, acting ability yeah and yeah and like again the you know the the movie showed that like um, she does have some sort of like street smart skills. And yeah mm-hmm. but like it's hilarious how like someone knock on the door again and she immediately starts like screaming. Cry. And I like pretending, you know, to to be like abused. So so, so yeah, yeah, that doesn't look
0: fishy at all, right? Yeah, a- again, the fact that cops are witnessing a supposed domestic abuse and don't do anything about yeah. it. Oh, how has time changed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, for sure. But, but, but yeah, like I,
1: I think it was also like around that scene where like we saw a lot of character growth from Ellie. Like you know, like she uh, went to like a public shower, and, and yeah. like I really like that scene too because like um, you know, like she you know she went to the public shower. She saw this lineup. She skipped the line. And she opened yeah. the door, and there was, like, a naked woman inside, and she's, like, freaks out, and everyone <laughs>, laughs at her. But, you know, like, instead of being angry and just stomping away because she's, like, humiliated, like, she actually assimilated herself to the lower class.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And another time I thought was interesting, what did you think of um, the little boy with his mom on the bus? And the mom, I think, has faints, and they're very poor, and how, you know, she gives... Or, no, it's actually Peter that gives the little boy money, right? Because the mother's hungry. Well, no, like,
1: he he was um, thinking of giving him the money, but um, it was Ellie who came in and, like, you know, like, took the money and gave it to the kid. So, like, in in the end, like, I I think it's kind of symbolized how, like, she makes him a better person in a way, too. Like, because, you know, throughout the entire movie, like, he's always, like calculating like how much money they have left and like you know yeah and 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 and, like he's very like realistic with his uh finance but then you know her like she has a big heart right and then she just wanted to give it to the boy so then she took it and she gave it to the boy which you know led to a lot of troubles later yes but it you know it does show that deep down like she is the good person
0: and also the blend of like the class divisions we were talking about before, which is it, really interesting how she's becoming more human, and less of like an aristocrat, which which is really nice to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah and, and do you have another scene you want to talk about? Well, well,
1: yes. Uh, well, it's it's you know uh, again it's like the blend of uh class uh, blend of classes, and uh, it's it's interesting yeah. how like at the end of the movie for her honeymoon, like they chose to go to like a cheap ass motel.
0: And knowing uh, yeah. her, like
1: she could afford a room in the Windsor Hotel, right? So right. Like, yeah, like,
0: yeah. and it's not like the dad was cutting her off or anything.
1: Yeah. yeah super. Super interesting. It yeah. was a weird
0: ending, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, we didn't even see them together anymore, which I found was odd.
1: Yes. Well. Well. I mean, I guess the rest of the movie is left to the you know the the, the audience. Yeah, the robe
0: that falls. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. The, yeah. In the you know the. Yeah. But, but. I mean, uh, were were there any scenes of the movie that like you didn't like?
0: Um no, I think I mean, I think it all kind of worked well together if you're watching it in a in a point of view of when it was made. Um I don't think there was anything that they really had to edit out. I mean, there were some weird parts to it, but also like our attention spans are horrible nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you? Was there a scene that you thought... I mean, I, I, I didn't really like when the father hit her and then when, you know, Clark Gable hits her on the bum. Yeah. Those things, I think, could have been cut out for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, but... um, I I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess we we, we can a- also, you know, talk um, about it a bit more la- later on. But then... Uh, um, Yeah, just like... So there was this one scene. I think this is, like, an editing problem. But, but like like you said, right? Like, it, um, it, it's just... About like, because um, uh, back then they actually had to cut the film, but like I does feel like the editing makes the pacing a bit weird, right? Yeah. Like, um, because I don't know if like um, uh, like a, a a lot of you will like uh, you know watch this movie, but but the transition between scenes it's basically a slideshow, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like watching a uh, like a mix of. Uh, film and slideshow and then so like sometimes it kind of kills the momentum of the previous scene for me yeah Um but other than that you know yeah like o- overall like I I could see why like this this was said to be like one of the best movies made right yeah
0: it's it's definitely you're right it's definitely distracting especially when at the very beginning when she jumps off the boat and it's obviously like a stunt and and of course you know she doesn't get caught in the current she just swims fine literally in the ocean and you know that was really jumpy <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah and, and and damn like you like you gotta like admire like her ability to run away from people like yeah okay, she is she you know she jumped off the boat and she's swimming in what i assume is freezing water in a dress and like all these men with boats can't catch up to her and then again, you know, at the end where she's running away from the wedding and she's she's, you know, wearing heels in like a long flowy dress. And again, no one catches up to her. Like like you know, like it's it's like it's super funny and like yeah. like you you know, like it yeah, it like it's you, you do kinda have to have some like suspension of disbelief when like you watch this movie, but like overall it was like really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, even, yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. But one other scene that I thought was funny was when her suitcase gets stolen and, and she's thinking that Clark Gable's being weird and staring at her weirdly and Clark Gable's actually just staring at the guy that's about to steal her suitcase and then he chases him down the street. But that whole scene where he's chasing the guy and we don't see the rest of him, like we don't see the rest of the chase and then it cuts to like this kind of, shoulder toward um head to shoulder scene of just her and you know it looks like time has kind of gone by and she doesn't notice that her suitcase gone and then he comes back and is like oh you know he kind of says something and she's like oh well where were you running off to and he was like well i you don't even know that your suitcase is gone that was also edited really weirdly
1: i know yeah (laughs)
0: Well, but hey, that's, it was, yeah, that's the old. Uh, <laughs>
1: that's the old Ellie. She she really did grow throughout the entire film. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, well, before we get to the final judgment, I have some more facts. If you want me to read some of them out loud, yeah,
1: please, please.
0: Yeah. So apparently, um, Miriam Hopkins and Myrna Loy were offered the role of Ellie before Colbert. Um, they both turned it down. Robert Montgomery, um, another famous film star, was also offered for Gable's role. Um, again, turned it down. Betty Davis apparently really wanted the role of uh, Ellie Andrews, but was not allowed to it because of the studio contract. And she was, I think, with Warner Brothers. And she wasn't allowed to do a film for Columbia Pictures. I mean, how annoying was those those studio systems? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, like it's then, yeah, yeah like yeah. It's so
1: weird to, um, cause, cause like the impression that I'm getting is like the studio owns the actors and actresses. Yes. Like that's weird because like nowadays it's the agencies, right?
0: Yes. No, th- I don't know if there was an agent back then. It sounded like, you know, you were put into this contract, kind of like what the Marvel studios do nowadays, but you were like sign a contract and you're forced to do like 10 films over like a two year period for this studio and if you break that contract you are suspended for eighteen months and you're not allowed to work. This was a very long time for women in Hollywood because they would age obviously, they would become unknown, men could bounce back better. Um so this was very, very hard. And a lot of the women that, you know, broke the contract never got work again after those 18 months.
1: Aww, that's so sad.
0: Yeah. And then bringing on to the whole fact that this was just one of the first, again, non-silent films. So a lot of female film stars in the silent era lost their jobs because they obviously had horrible voices and nobody liked how they spoke. So they lost all their jobs, too. I mean, it's pretty ruthless business. Um, but actually, Claudette Colbert, I don't know if you know this, but she did not not want to make the movie. She turned it down. She did not want to make it because she had actually made another movie with Frank Capra called For the Love of Mike in 1927. And it was a total flop. And she vowed to herself that she'd never make another movie with him again. Um, but Capra finally got her to agree only if her salary was doubled to 50 grand. Um, and if she could finish it in four weeks so she could still go on her vacation. Oh, damn girl. <laughs> she knows how to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> she was able to get away with it so that's that's awesome um again Clark Gable was also really reluctant he did not want to be in the movie which is really interesting because they both won uh, including best picture it won best picture but they both won best actor and best actress as well so it's like you should guys should be thankful for this role I got you an Oscar Uh, It also won Best Screenplay and Best Director for Frank Capra. You might know, maybe the listeners know Frank Capra. He directed Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and the famous Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. This was still very early on in his career. Um, But this movie is the first movie and only one of three that ever won um, those five categories. So they won Best Actor, Best Actress, Best movie, um, best director, best screenplay. The only other movies that have done that and that have broken or that have um, tied with it is *One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest* from 1975 um, and *Silence of the Lambs* in 1991. No other movie has ever done that before. Just those three. So that's really interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah. That's that's insane. Wow.
0: <laughs> I know. I I I guess I've never noticed it, but. It is very rare for all of those categories to go to one movie. I mean, you know, everyone knows Titanic won so many awards, but it wasn't a nominated for, I don't think Best Actor or Best Actress was even nominated. So it's really interesting to see that. Yeah. Um, apparently, the movie made, and you were mentioning this before, it made 2.5 million and the budget was only 325,000. <laughs> so that's crazy. 2.5 million back then.
1: Yeah! Wow! Wow! That's yeah. That's whoa! Yeah. That's like um. I I I guess it's kind of like, um, I guess if, if if you like kind of like uh count in like uh inflation and stuff like that, like it it will make all oh, like even more than two point five million now. So, so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's I a know. huge number. Yeah. Like, yeah, but and yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I I definitely see like why like Frank uh Frank Capra like chose um. I chose the, the actress for this role, though. Because, like, it sounds like, you know, from the story that, that you were telling, like, you know, she negotiates for herself
0: and stuff. Like, she does sound mm-hmm. like like Ellie. She's very much like the character, which is interesting. Yeah. And it's funny that, yeah, Betty Davis really wanted it, but I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that she got it. <laughs> but uh, the screenplay Oscar went to Robert Riskin, and I was just curious what other... Like, if he made any more successful um, movies, but I, I don't recognize any of them. He wrote, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, uh, Meet John Doe, I don't know if those were successful or not, but maybe if, have any listeners that know about this dude, uh, (laughs) maybe they'll know. Uh, I'd never heard of him before this movie as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know what, like,
1: uh, it's, it's a shame that, like, uh, Claudette Coburn and Clark Gables, like, never, like, uh start together again because like their chemistry was like yeah like unlike like was un, uh, yeah I don't think right? she made like,
0: many movies I mean Clark Gable is of course known for famous gone with the wind as Rhett Butler um but you know I think that kind of character overshadowed his career I mean he was probably really thankful to be in that movie but you know, that's kind of all he's really known for, so it's nice to see him before that role a couple of years. Um, he's also was one of the few people in Hollywood, I read, that um, was very supportive of people of color. And when um, he was making Gone with the Wind, he tried to do it in his power to make everybody on the crew, on on set, um, to treat the people... Um, of color equally and fair and I thought that that was really interesting he also um made sure they took down the white washrooms and the people of color washrooms which is like pretty crazy for that time that he did all that so I I thought that was really honorable of him
1: yeah wow that just makes me like him like even more you know, like like so. Not only is he like a good looker, he's he also has like a, <laughs> a like a good and genuine heart, right?
0: Yeah, especially for the time, because I mean that's the time when all those a lot of those men in Hollywood were, and women were big racists, and uh, it's really nice to see that. I mean, when Hattie McDaniel won the Oscar for Gone with the Wind as supporting actress, um, she was the first woman to win uh, first black woman to win but she was also not allowed to sit at the ceremony she wasn't even allowed to go to the oscar ceremony she had to sit in the back and um you know it's just really 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 awful those times and it's really sad uh but he obviously she always spoke really well of him and he made her feel uh, like an equal on set and apparently vivian lee did not do the same so very interesting (gasps) Oh no. <laughs> really? Oh, Vivian. <laughs> what the heck? Um, is there anything left? I have no more facts, but if there's anything left you want to say. Well, um he yeah, well
1: that that just makes me res- respect him like so much more, like all um all like the facts that like you gave us. Um, yeah. yeah, but like it turns out that he had like a pretty, I think, uh, tough life too. I mean, like he married a lot of women. But then I think like his uh, second wife or so, like died in like a plane crash. Oh jeez. So yeah, and, and and like he he himself passed away like uh, quite young. Like I think he was only like sixty. Sixty, yes, so, but he looks so, yeah. like he's
0: eighty because of all the smoking. <laughs> I know. Yeah,
1: but you know it's tough being an actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, they all they all seem to die really young because of their. Well, the lives—it's—it's a—it's a huge life to have, and I don't know. I wouldn't want it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but oh my god! Like, if there was like if the Great Gatsby was made during that time, like I think that he would be like the perfect oh, Gatsby. Yeah. Like, like. Oh, like, you're right. Like, would he not be?
0: Funny. Like, oh my god! I'm surprised yeah. that they didn't do one, um, back then because the first one was in the '70s with Robert Redford, and you're right. He would be a way better Gatsby
1: yeah oh god well, uh, well. <laughs> i i I guess it's left to our, our imagination yeah
0: um do you want me to move on to the final judgment yes please thank S- you so much Emma. <laughs> so did it happen one night move you or not uh yeah it yeah it it uh it moved me in
1: in in, uh, in some ways and it just made me uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> in, in other ways but yeah yeah, yeah yes, yes,
0: i yes. mean uh, yeah, the i i guess i would say move me too um there were times when i was a little bit looking at my phone i will admit as a like a perfect person in my generation to be saying that um i did think the comedy aspect of it was really funny i thought the chemistry between um peter and ellie was great and i love the witty dialogue i liked how a lot of the times she was in power of her situation and over herself calling the shots Of course, you know, there were some uncomfortable scenes as you kind of go into it knowing that when you're watching a lot of movies from the 20th century, especially the early 20th century. But I thought it was a really interesting movie to see. Will I watch it again? Probably not. (laughs) I probably won't rewatch this movie, but I've learned a lot. And um, yeah, I I learned a lot about Clark Gable as well, which is really interesting. And now I have like a huge amount of respect for him. yeah. And like I just wanted to ask you, since we're doing best picture films, do you think if this was a movie that was made today, do you think it would win um, best picture in today's climate?
1: Uh, no way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. It's most mostly because I think people would be up in arms if like the only black character in the movie was like the hot dog stand seller, yeah. and then again there was like a scene where you know the younger, more brush. Ellie like made a comment about like the Ar- Armenians which yeah you know I just don't think it will fly well in this political climate just no me.
0: no I totally agree and also because romantic comedies sadly from Hallmark have totally gone down the drain and you know when was it ever a time when a romantic comedy won an Oscar I guess it was just this time but you know romantic comedies have definitely been overplayed the whole trope of you know man and woman are fighting; they're at odds. The opposites attract kind of thing has been done so many times with Nora Ephron's movies, uh, with Nancy Myers' movies. It's just been over and over overdone. Even at the very you know early start of Doris Day and Rock Hudson's movies together in the '50s, uh, romantic comedies have kind of been overplayed. But it is interesting to see one of the first ones here and, and see how much they've it's been copied over and over again. It's kind of sad that romantic comedies have gotten a bad rep now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, um, you know what? Like, since you're you're talking about that, that's that's so like that's so in you know like it makes me think like wow like there's not a lot of romantic movies that that are like um you know us uh that are Oscar winners. So, yeah. Do, yeah, when was the last time that a, a romantic movie did win?
0: I don't really want to use his name too often on the show, but I'm pretty sure it's Woody Allen's uh, Annie Hall. Well,
1: like, and, and which year was uh, that?
0: 1975.
1: Whoa. Yeah, because wow. I don't think,
0: um, let me look, but I don't think uh, Nora Ephron, even though I thought her romantic movies were great, you know, the famous Meg Ryan Tom Hanks movies. Yeah, wait, did uh, did Titanic win anything? Oh yeah, but I don't really consider that romantic comedy. You know?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, it, like it, it was a romantic. Yes. Movie and, and yeah, that's, I think
0: when, it, it, when it's yeah. dramas, they definitely get a lot. Like, I think Titanic won eleven Oscars. Was nominated for fourteen, yet yeah, won eleven.
1: Well, well, yeah, so I, I guess for now, um, I can say that the only rom-com I know that won Best Picture is... Is this one. Is it, it happened one <laughs> night. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, but I, but I think, like, the problem with rom-coms now, nowadays and the reason why, you know, they aren't winning Oscars is because, like, they're so, like, comfortable with their recipe
0: that yes. they kind of just
1: reuse it and they, they don't really, you know, like, vent, venture out there and like Mm -hmm. you know like really use their creativity right they kind of just play the same tropes over and over and over again
0: yeah I think once uh Nora Ephron stopped making movies and then Nancy Myers stopped making movies in the early 2000s like since like 2006 rom-coms have really gone downhill yeah let's give some more appreciation for the good romantic comedies instead of like always showing the Hallmark movies for a change (laughs) And when we think of romantic comedies, we don't always think of The Notebook, because The Notebook's just okay.
1: <laughs> oh, I fell asleep, like, three times <laughs> trying to watch that movie.
0: It's, like, the main thing that people think of, and I'm like, think of, now Now you should be thinking about this, because there would be no Notebook if it wasn't for It Happened One Night, so. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly true. Anyways, it was so nice having you back on the show, Lynn.
1: All right, thank you so much, Emma, for giving me another chance. Oh, of today. course. <laughs>
0: And oh, yeah. thanks for doing yeah. it, the first uh, Oscar-themed podcast with me.
1: Oh, yes. I wish you all the best in this Oscar <laughs> month. I'll, I'll, I'll be listening yeah. to like, the rest of your podcast as well. Well,
0: I'm, maybe okay. I'll have you on for another one. I don't know. I haven't picked all the movies yet. But... <laughs> Um, and I want to thank you all for listening and don't forget to click the subscribe button. And if you have any films or Oscar films you'd like us to do on the show and have some suggestions, email me at emmareviewsmovies at gmail.com. It's all lowercase. Okay, thank you.